0: BLOB
1: TALK RADIO Man, all power to the people, African power to an African people, black power to a black people. It's your host, it's your, it's, your, it's your old brother, chairman, Yang and Cruz People's Black Panther Party, coming at you again on another Wednesday. I'm sorry, man. I sit there and the whole thing on my phone was hooked up properly. But I'm glad to be coming to you on this Wednesday, man. I'm glad to be visiting you again. And I thought that we slowed the pace down a little bit, that we'll get in some discussion of the African community, past, present, and future. What that looks like You know What that looks like I'm sorry What that looks like You know I hear a lot of us Talk about freedom We talk about um, We talk about freedom We talk about liberation We talk about Being independent How does that translate For us working together What is a black community Do we have an example Or a model of how it looks, you know, something, some type of structure, blueprint to lay that out. We understood how it looked in the 60s and the 70s under certain conditions. How does that look now? With this age of information, has it made us uh, more tolerant? Has it made us more communal? Or has it offered a lot more divisiveness? Now, we have... um, more of more access to maybe what people would call a more accurate history of Africans. And in some and in a lot of the new teachings, the way that it teaches about African uh, Africans and our struggle here, our arrival here, our journey to this place and some of the things that we went through, our trials and tribulations while with while in this place are a little different than a lot of older generation have been taught. So is this something that has become more divisive, that has has created more divisiveness in our community? You know, we're talking nationhood, but let's talk community. In this community, do we have tolerance for other faiths? you have a such thing as a black Christian nationhood? So in this community, is there room for black Christianity? I mean, we, you know, in a lot of when we look at, we come on people of other faith, the Muslims, the Muslims, the Christians, the Europeans, without really sometimes, I think, looking at being one of those people that believe in ancestral acknowledgement. I believe in reverence of your ancestors, acknowledgement. You know what I'm saying? Not just for their successes and their triumphs, you know what I'm saying, but to learn from the struggles that they had to overcome, spiritual, physical, mental, emotional. You know, we give thanks to our ancestors for all of those things. And a big part of our ancestors, our ancestral history in this country is Christianity. I'm sorry. <clears throat> you got to say it. I don't say I'm sorry. And the ancestors choked me up, told me, boy, ain't nothing to be sorry about. telling me, nothing to be sorry about. It's an intricate part of our history. Where does that fit in this overall vision of community? Because this is what we say we want. We want our own independence. We want to be amongst our own. You know, so what are we defining as our own? How acceptance and how uh, tolerable. These are discussions, real discussions that have to be had because after you overcome your enemy, after which I believe victory is assured to you and I, brothers and sisters, I have no doubt of that victory is assured to you and I. As long as we righteously continue to struggle, put forth our best efforts, things in sincerity, and remain focused. Victory will be assured, you and I. There's there's no doubt about that. So in this community, you know, these are issues we have to address because we have to, after the conflict with the enemy, after we go through what I call that revolutionary transformational stage, the stage of really getting our act together, the reason that we implemented programs that we knew at one point in time, dependency on anybody else would lead to our ultimate destruction. So when... They cut their programs. We had them in place to be what? Self sufficient. That's the real word. To be self sufficient. To have programs in place so that when the system does shut down deliberately for you and I, we don't have to resort to savage, barbaric behavior of Robin Hood, you and I. that would have programs to kind of cushion the blow because it's gonna be a blow. And this is the importance of knowing the difference between projects and programs. Because the projects they do address very real needs in our community, immediate needs in our community that must be addressed addressed. And with that being said, man, listen, big shouts to New Jersey People's Black Parents Party, each Regional Minister. National Justice, Dr. Justice, wonderful job on doing, on having the co-project, getting out there, really, you know, tapping the people up to let them know, you know what I'm saying, help's on the way. This is realistic. It's so what we're dealing with. It's wintertime, yo. Know, came along with a few coats, my people, and hitting them streets and really just, you know, forth that best effort, making contact and doing the thing. And that's what, and that's what it's about. But we understand thing that's a project. And that's to address an immediate need of the wintertime of trying to provide some warmth so maybe we can plan, you know, if we can get them through this winter, we can look at spring for really start trying to get some projects and things going to get them involved. That's a wake-up. That's a, like, you know, clapping your hands on a cold day to let the blood circulate. And it was a wonderful job. But I say that to say that this is not getting focused, not losing our focus. I had someone ask about my, my Facebook. And we're talking about community, condition of the black community, past, present, and future. On this Wednesday, people Black Panther Party. And then this Black Talk Radio. So someone asked me about my Facebook. And, and and they brought notice to it. And I hadn't paid attention to it. I think it was one of these subconscious things. And they said, I noticed you got the babies. You got a picture of your daughter. Bless, bless my daughter's heart, man. you know, Rahim, may God preserve her. Um, and, um, and in the background, we got the little, you know, the youth, the babies in the what well, we used to say where well, we had established a compound, and I can say that that was a blessing to take liberated territory, where we had established our presence, but it was, you know, anything liberated, soon take it back over if you don't hold it down. Um, so, it, it, I said that when I when they pointed it out, it really made me think about why it was done. I said, I guess subconsciously, I was saying, isn't this what it's all for, the babies? You know, isn't this what it's all for, the babies? We can give our babies the fight because they're angry. Shit, our babies are angry. Why do you think they're putting your babies on all these drugs, Ritalin? Oh, your baby has ADHD. No, he no, he's an African. You're trying to sterilize and neutralize an African with and European... Culture, ideology, philosophy, way of life. You driving, you driving my baby crazy. My baby need to get out there, footed, feet touch the earth, run, and take a stick and knock the shit out of something. Because they're African. So if you don't let them, because it might be you. See, they, they, you can't discipline your own children. My children aren't their children. Just tell little Timmy time out. Go tell him, say in the corner, tell who child, say in the corner, who, oh, not one of mine. You understand that? That's too that's oppressive. Too they rather fight it out, man. Look, I, I'd rather, you know, bops because I, I can't stand there. Just, you know. So I'm saying that taking out the culture of the way that we raise our children, why? Because we've lost what was that structure of community we had. When did we lose that structure? That's why I say past, present, and future. When did us that came under this form of community allow that cultural custom of black community to slip away from us. What eased in there and changed that? How did we divert? You know, and not just on the cultural, on the social, but I'm talking about economics. Where did the mom and pop go? I mean, we wasn't always the strong economically, but there was a time we had those of us that we dealt with. When did that slip away? Not just slip away, what changed in us psychologically that we couldn't snap back to doing it again? See, it's not a matter of slip away. You got to ask yourself why you can't get back to it. So the revolutionary understands what the revolutionary begins to understand that it's going to take, that the revolutionary understands that the masses of people, the everyday brother and sister, dig have been manipulated they've been like mice in an experiment that's why they call them projects they put them in a project and they it's like they hard hard, hard white certain stuff you know you the decisions you're gonna make You're only going to make so many amount of decisions which we scientifically have a certain type of outcome and they study your behavior so you the whole process you're manipulating the difference between when before judge for powder cocaine and crack cocaine the sentence disparities, the big difference. What was the big difference? The skin color, the people who had a certain drug, we're going to tell you what it was. And they this need to find out that's what it was. The studies don't mean nothing. They can study all day to find out how much they discriminate against you and I. They all kind of studies, case files of how they discriminate against the African-American and the economic disparities of the African-American. They got all kind of files. That don't mean nothing when you don't understand that those files are about you. So that means you have the power. You can change those files, you and I. But we have to defy we have to first come down to down the and say what we're building on. What we're building on. What does this community look like? You know, what does it look like? And how is it how is it developed sustained? And we must start with realistic steps. Let's let's begin to be you know what? How about this? Let's try something different for change. Let's try to actually our struggle serious for a change. Let's start. Let's really try to take this serious and put everything that we can into our independence. Our ability to choose the destiny that we want for ourselves without being directly hindered, manipulated, obstructed from performing. And if we do that, we have the programs to push back, to fight back, to hold that out of our communities and away from us, to hold that up. We have shit too, whether it be psychological programs, economic programs, whatever programs, defense programs, whatever program. But that has to be developed in us. So let's try to be serious. About that and let's, and let's get away from Finding These things that we're going to differ about Because none of us right now we are. This is a Listen The, the African and America, Revolution Is a unique one We have to look at our movement Our struggle Not in an emulation Of any other revolutionary struggle We only learn from those We learn aspects from those revolutions That's why I'm not a Maoist That's why I'm not a Marxist Leninist. That's why, because all of the Bolshevik revolution was cool for Lenin and everybody in Russia. That was a cool revolution. It was great, wonderful. All powers to oppress people is good for you. That's what worked for you. Mao understood it in China. Mao was a Marxist-Lenin. It wasn't a Mao China. It wasn't a Mao before Mao debunked that thing, but he understood that, yo, that don't work for Chinese people. So even despite his fighting the nationalists, in his country and falling under that communist uh persuasion and fighting the nationals in his country, he later discovered that Chinese people were a unique people all in unto themselves, and that if he destroyed culture for some multicultural ideological mixture that everybody's just human beings, and there's really no you know nothing else then yo, the Chinese people would have been lost so the Chinese people he almost destroyed their country with that. He had to revitalize some cultural aspects to bring back the worth and the dignity of Chinese people. They had to realize what they were fighting for. You see? So let's go to the phone line. Let's open our phone line. To Dr. Justice, your mic is open. Hi, family. um, I was on mute there for a
0: second.
2: Um, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, my community, the one I grew up in, versus the one that I started living in once um, once I matured enough to do things for myself. What I learned, the difference is we grew up on a block. It might have been about 100 kids on that block. And today, uh, the block that I live on, there's really no children. The people that live next door, they they want to call the police on you if you're music, is is that if they can hear your music, they want to call the police. You got the people next door who really don't, on the other side, who really don't care too much about anything. And these are not individuals that I haven't tried to establish some form of community with because I like to cook and I'm used to bake stuff and take them things and whatnot, and it still didn't seem to matter. It made absolutely no connection. These are the same individuals that I have a block party every year, but what they do is they bring their own people from other places. So now you've got little parties going on in each driveway. Nobody in the block is connected to anything. I think it has a lot to do with um, jealousy. I think the older individuals got, they got, they became envious of other people. This is why we don't have anything as a people um, together anymore because of the, uh, lack of collective collectivism because of the indoctrination of individualism. Because of that, that breeds jealousy. And that individualism and the jealousy is why they don't want to see the next person having anything so that destroys our sense of community. The woman that lives across the street from me when I first and she started she ran to them and started telling them, I hope y'all not in the basement because you know you don't have, you know, something about um having some type of um you have to have some some, type, some paper she was saying for them to go in the basement, some kind of craziness. But my point is, why are you approaching my children with that madness? So it ain't like when we was younger, you could have a neighbor to say something if they see your children doing something wrong. You got crazy people that are outright approaching your children. And you have to really, um, so, so no, nobody can say nothing to them. So, uh, again, uh, I'd just like to reiterate that I believe that this indoctrination of individualism has t- thoroughly destroyed our community when it comes to being able to collectively do something. And the only way we're going to do that is when we're we'll down to absolutely nothing and we must depend on each other. Black Tower, Brother Chairman, once again, you picked a, bro- a very good topic. Um, I hope everybody is inclined to be able to uh, expound on this because it's hard to even articulate what's going on in our communities because of this silent and uh this silent enemy that we
1: fight, black power. Black power. Black power I appreciate that. That's right. We hope that every you know, everyone shot in, listen, and this is what we welcome. Comments, questions, opinions on the topic of, you know, <clears throat> what is black community, condition of the black community, past, present and, and future. And the sister we explained to her about like the kids on the block. There was when she was coming growing up she said it seemed like it seemed to be a hundred children on the block. And the rental, the feeling of rental um, responsibility amongst our older people to look out for the children on the block. That's a cultural. That's a very cultural aspect of it. One of the things that I do want to say is because you live in a, you know, an upper, upper, you know, a nice neighborhood, so to speak. I don't know how you, you know, it's an upper, you know, upper neighborhood. So you got some bougie de bougie Negro for neighbors and things of that nature. And that's always been a problem faced with, you know, the revolutionary movement of the revolution. How do you get the lower middle class the class involved in, um you know, in a mass movement to change the system when from all apparent, you know, uh, visual, everything that looks, from everything that's apparent, it looks like that they're okay. So how do you get them involved in their own self-determination? You know, a lot of our movement is aimed at proletarian or the lumping proletariat. So they're working because these people in these communities are working class, but we're talking about the lumping proletarians. Where we find the vast majority of us. How do you get this class right here involved in that struggle without them feeling abused, taken advantage of, them, where they see that it's advantageous for themselves? That's something we got to think about, real talk. Are we just going to run them up and shoot them because they didn't work hard and, and accumulate a little something? You know, we got to really look at how we're going to address that. Let's go to a mic. We got our national uh, chief of staff on, Brother Ward. Brother War, your mic is over. VP, uh, Brother Chairman, are you able to hear me okay? Yes, sir.
3: Okay, let me uh, bring an analogy to, together just to give our viewers a concept of how did we get to this position. Um, And I think it's a good example. If you take the average concept of what we refer to as the rat race, the rat race is this person basically participates in trying to economically put themselves in a position where they can buy consumer goods and and live a certain lifestyle. Now, mind you, races are typically – established or competitions are typically established where you have just say 10, 20, 30 or more people involved, but there's always only a first, second, and third place. So if you look at uh, the economic scale in at the top, there's a few people. In the middle, there's a few people. At the bottom, there's everybody else. So we have this subconscious mentality where I will stick a carrot, a golden carrot out, and I get 100 people to race. Now, only one person is going to get that carrot, but everybody wants to participate in that, participates in that race. So when you look at it that from that scenario, you realize that everything that, that, that's promoted in terms of our lifestyles in the United States or in a capitalist society is promoting running after that golden carrot, seeking that singularity reward. But yet the masses of people are all, Participating in all trying to reach that that one carrot, just like how it is with sports or, or in or entertainment industry. You got high schools or, or in colleges where you, you have hundreds of people or thousands of people all competing for a couple of positions to be on the NFL or some college or, or some um, you know team that's that's a national league or recognized to where they can make millions. Well. Thousands of people are competing for something that only one or two people are going to achieve. But yet, on a subconscious level, every day, those are the type of competitions that we're involved in. The music we listen to, it always glorifies what I can accumulate, what I can get. And showboat and and promote that to everybody else and tell them to go out and get their own. So the whole society that we live in promotes individuality in terms of economic power, not communalism. So when everybody is is basically at each other's throats or dog-eat-dog and trying to compete in a race to where only a few people can win, but yet that mentality is constantly promoted, then everybody feels like just like the lottery system. Let me go get my one ticket. I may be that one in a million people. Millions of people play the lottery, obviously. Otherwise, it wouldn't be successful. But only one person or a few people are are going to win. But yet, subconsciously, we live our lives on that same mentality and that same note to where I want to separate, I want to get myself in that number. I want to be at the top. Screw everybody else around me. Let me get my piece. And we are driven to have this same mentality across all aspects of our lives. And so as a small percentage of the population, if we look, stand back and look at it for what it is, we have to be able to see that this is why things are failing. This is why we don't communicate. This is why we are ripping ourselves apart and pulling away because everything that's thrown at us is seeking and and representing individuality. So we have to take that into consideration when we try to undo the situation and identify the enemy because the enemy a lot of times is basically how we are from start, from birth on up. Even a lot of times when we look at the majority of of, uh, people – that may be doing better than they did when they was a child. The first thing a lot of us want to do is spoil our ch- our children and get them all the things that we didn't have. Well, when we do that, what we're doing is we're separating them, again, from that same position and and, and glorifying and putting them in that individual limelight, that spotlight. And now everybody around them is, 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 is looked at lower. And yet that child is going to – as that child grows up and as that child plays with his toys – that child don't want to share his, his, his toys with, with the next person. Yeah, he, these my mm-hmm. toys. Mama bought these for me. You got to go get your mom to buy your own set of toys, and then yeah, we can come play with toys together. But we not going. I'm not going to share my big, my big uh, collection of toys that I can't play with all at the same time. Yeah. And we and the parents think that's cute. But again, all this is based on us subconsciously being pushed towards singularity in terms of. Everybody have an individual, everybody is being an individual, and go out and get your own.
0: So -hmm. we're pushed
3: into that competitive perspective, and that hits us in all aspects of our lives. So what we have to do is fight against this mentality that's been embedded in us in everything we do, commercials, television, uh, what we were, the fact that things are designer names. That's an individual's name. That represents a person. So when, a, when someone is going out trying to get this, this quote-unquote fashion, they're competing, again, based on that individual that made it, and if they want to feel like they made it, they're going to wear them clothes. They're going to put yeah. on those shoes. Again, they're pushing themselves toward this individual mentality that separates me from the crowd. And, and yeah. another example of this whole concept, even we can even break this down to the level of, of, of colors. This is, again, like the same concept of where as why I would want a white car versus a blue car or a black car. So the whole mm-hmm. society drives us to be a little bit different. And and that different is great from the standpoint of making sure you can stand out. So that standing out yeah. applies all across the board, and it causes us to be in a competitive race to where hundreds, thousands, millions of us compete for something that only a few, can t- a few will, will make it to. And then when that one or two person, one or two people get up there, they become the poster boy, begin to hold that carrot in everybody else's face, so they can continue to run that rat race and possibly break through that mold and become that next one individual out of a million.
0: Mm-hmm. Black power, but you know
1: they do black power, black power. And we appreciate that, brother War. And that is and that is so true. That is something that we've been screaming about, screaming about, beginning that individualistic mindset, and that's a Eurocentric mindset. And he, I like the analogy you used with the uh, few chasing the golden carrot. I mean, many chasing the carrot, but only one's going to win. And that comes from, and, and a lot of that comes from how we perceive, you know, that's what I call that almost that neocolonialist mentality that is so absorbed in the system being so programmed in the system that we judge by the system. That's why the revolution the revolutionary has to have a different mindset. The revolutionary has to see themselves outside of that system. The brothers absolutely wrong when you judge your success, your measure of success is based on your material possession. Then it's about all you can possess. It's all you can have. And that their level of success in a capitalist society, individual success is pushed and promoted tycoon, a monopoly, Trumpism, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's promoted and not the success of the whole. The success of the whole is put so far behind. That success, their whole is pushed as a survival mechanism. You know what I'm saying? They understand that it's necessary for the European culture to continue from what they derived out of it, yeah, it, you know, I got some comrades who so addedly really put it and is absolutely right. They derived from us, the whole concept of the eagle and all of that stuff. You know, our fellows had pictures of the birds and stuff, so, so we understand that they stole that from us, especially when they came to Egypt and invaded Egypt. But they incorporated what they do; what they always do their culture vote. So whatever people they can dominate, they end up absorbing. That culture into their system, and so as long they don't care about that, shit. as long as it promotes their look. How the Europeans came up with America and and uh, just mongrelized their religions. They blended all up together. You got a German Santa Claus. He's from Germany. I said Easter was the Greek goddess, or one of these guys of fertility. Now you got eggs and rabbits, and people resurrect. You know what I'm saying? So you look at how, and they did that. They created, and they should build religions around that. And holidays celebrating, they're all coming together. They're putting off the greatest European birth of a nation you've ever seen, that's called America. So we're going to kill people to take it. We're going to enslave people to maintain it and build it up and make it one of the place just our bastard child, a dumping ground, a place that we can just have that we can give it as long and let them just do all kinds of havoc without responsibility to other people and property and resources throughout the planet Earth. It isn't what it is. History bears witness to that. I ain't saying nothing that history don't bear witness to. So we have to define now, us as African people, like you said, we have to look at those sicknesses and those illnesses, like individualism, like the need this materialism, this consumerism, and put, have a moral compass. What is our compass? What is that thing that the Guide by to determine whether or not we're making the right decisions and taking the right course. That's why we have to define what community is. What are those major things that are stopping us from being communal? I can even remember in the community shoe, we had Jehovah Witnesses, you had different people, different. we more tolerant of religion? That's why I say I question about this whole smartphone information age to a people that and this is just hey listen, this is just my opinion, And my assessment. Feel free to tap in. This your man, Chairman Yang, from Independent Black Talk Radio, from the Black Panther Party. I don't have my glasses out, but um, keep while well, your mic is open. You get an opportunity. Call out the number. I broke my reading glasses, and we are um. Would you have, bud? A...
3: Oh, yeah. I, uh, I'm here. Let me. I'm sorry.
1: I don't have it memorized, so I have to look it up myself. Oh. Give me just a second, then. Okay. Just, but you just keep going. Okay, yo, it's coming. So, we, you know, this is. I'm. I'm looking for your assessment. I'm looking for your comment. But this is just mine. That when we got when you give information, when you just dump a boatload of information on a people who don't have an identity or who hasn't embraced, I'm not going to say don't have an identity because we are someone, something, somebody from some place it's just an when they're trying to hide it so people who haven't accepted the identity I don't have a proper understanding whatever wording you using you dump them with this knowledge they're already focused this energy just go everywhere and that's cool, That. Can Actually, that can be a good thing. I'm exploding and exploring different avenues, different theories, philosophies, ideologies to tackle this problem of exploitation and oppression for the African American. That's wonderful. If it is coordinated, See, our problem is, like, we even bring this, um, she brought out a point, is individualism. We bring this individualism, this need to exist. Uh, exceed or succeed, succeed from the rest of us, even if that's in the movement. So what we do, we do, we shoot out there. We got one little market of the corner, and that's wonderful. You may be a hell of a speaker. You may know your politics backwards and forwards, socialism, communism, capitalism. You can, you can break. We've been the thing of FDR when FDR signed the Deal. I mean, you can break down American history. That's all of it. But when you think that that's the sum all and be all of the movement, then we start to, that's when we start to cripple and lame the movement because we now we're spending time, I'm arguing with people who have a health program. I'm saying, you know what, vegetables ain't going to free the movement. Vegetables, just because you don't eat vegetables, just because you, now I'm arguing with the vegans about what they eat, and the devices, you know, actually they got a point. Maybe if some of the soldiers get some of this stuff out of their shoulder, shit, my mouth is close to the ears. Maybe we took better care of ourselves as black men, which is real talk, brothers. No, we can't escape this. Ain't trying to sound like no public service announcement. I'm just being real with my brothers on the line tonight, man. That we have to take better care of ourselves. To be able to sustain, right, not just yes, sir. I was
3: gonna say I can give out the number. All right, please, the oh. national line to get is 888-595-7277.
1: That's 888-595-7277. And and that's our national number. Hit us up if you're curious about what the party's doing, you know what I'm saying, what we're sitting for. We got a whole thing out, what we feel like, what we understand, and what we know. That separates us from the problem. Our aims, goals, and objectives without the slander doesn't mean anyone, man. We're not on that. We're talking about our aims, goals, and objectives and how we intend to carry these things out. The things that we may focus on. Give us a call. You know what I'm saying? Give us a call. It doesn't, you know, check us out. I tell all my people, you know, shop around. One thing I can say about this movement there's so many organizations out there you can shop it like looking for a perfect fit. You can almost, it should at this, as many movements as we have. It shouldn't be a need for another movement. Nobody should fall out. We got a movement for every mood, manner, dress, look of every African people out here. Yo, it's a movement for you. Brother feet too big, can't join this movement. We got a little we got little feet people movement. Brothers over there, them the little feet people. Such thing we try and get out the same way, they feet just small. So, yo, that's good for you. So get involved. So this is what we talk about and this is what when we're looking at the community. See, I was talking about that front line, that person that has one skill master down, and you have to learn to start coordinating those efforts, man. I look at some of these formations, man, on defense. Wow. I'm talking about, and I'm not saying that to be sarcastic, man, very impressive. And apparently, you know, at least some of your in-laws, or you know some because you're still operating and functioning. That's really applauded. All right, man, listen, I, I commend you. I will think that's wonderful. So how do we make that work on a bigger scale? Can we launch a joint training session? All of the people, military mind, of defense mind, security consciousness, can y'all have a conference cross party lines? See, this is community. We're looking at a bigger community. are we going to be divided by party lines? My party line doesn't divide me from you, brother. My party line, if anything, it should make all of us kind of closer because, at least in spirit, at least in spirit, I should be dealing on the same path of principles. So you would think that I would actually have some type of, uh, you know, even if it's a small one, some type of bond, I would feel some type of, of, if not responsibility, at least a minor obligation to be concerned for your welfare because you rock that cat. Yo, is that that cat, brother? Yo, sister, I know, queen, well, I know that's not that cat. It brings that type of fraternity, that type of sorority, that type of closeness, despite the formation lines. And the formation simply says, oh, yo, because you've been down like that, that's cool. You do the good thing. But I'm rocking with my man right here. We, like, on this long-term program thing. But we have an event that security and this is, you down? Oh, uh, you ain't down. I seen you doing it for who, <laughs> You do know, so here. You talking about? See you. Oh, you ain't going to do it for me. i see you on YouTube doing it for who? i rather can't get no security. Come on. Let's keep it real. Work with me. I'm going to work with you. And that's what this functional unit says. That's what this community says, because it's for the sake of the people. Why I got the babies on my Facebook? Because it's for the babies. Why are we leaving the babies? Are we starting these uh, um liberation school on weekends. And this is something I want us to think about. If we start to engage the community and can get the community to participate in our self-determination on Saturdays, let's take a few of these babies, two or three. Start with the ones in your house. Take a couple of hours. Teach something in a color book. Engage them. Engage them. You know what I'm saying? If it ain't nothing to come, out, I ain't saying don't try to radicalize. I'm not saying be totally radical. Don't try to revolutionize your baby and one day traumatize him. Man, I'm hating the revolution. I hate that red, black, and green shit. Every time dad and mommy get on that shit, they, oh, hate that shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? will be that to Yes.
2: Uh, what I've noticed is that we have individuals who are teachers is within our ranks, the teachers, fide teachers, and you constantly hear the powers that be talking about shutting our schools down, putting their people over our schools and things of that nature, and they'll get right out there and fight for uh, local control of the schools and whatnot. And then when you start talking about, listen, why don't we just have our own schools, Every, everything gets mums the words. One's the word, you know, it seems like the closer these individuals get to some type of um uh political affiliation the less they want to deal with their own people, uh with regard to yeah. our problems and the and the things that plague us.
1: Exactly. But you know that I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, sir, I was so done. I was listening to what you had to say behind that. Okay. Yeah, no. and that's and that's and those are the things that plague us and that's where the work comes in as a revolutionary. Because that's how we throw these meetings you know, if we find issues with say perfect example, I love that because that's our um nine nine um nine objectives to develop an education system to tackle the school board to to maintain and control the curriculum of our the uh educational system in our communities so that's what we do, so that's what we tackle we go to those meetings concerning that that they're addressing those issues. We got our research. We're sharp. We know the board's name. We know everybody on the board. We know a little bit of which way they went in a couple of decisions. We didn't research this. We really about to go at it. See, we're not just flying on. We're not reactionary. We heard they're going to shut the school down, so we showed up with the rest of the masses. We're supposed to be with ass, hell. When the masses are showing up, we supposed to be sitting there with clear donuts. Uh, I was waiting on y'all. Here you go. Here's a, here's a is a packet of everybody's name. That's, that's so-and-so on board. See, now we can educate the masses. Coming. So we got to be there, John. for huh boom. This is the dude you want to look for. That uh Johnny, Boom. Oh, shit, he's going to say something crazy. I'm going to tell you, look, 2001, the motherfucker said crazy. he's going to say, now they're looking for it. Well, you people, oh, fuck you, you people. What the fuck you mean about that? I done read 2001, you said, and wait, that dude is going off get that information from you. You said, man, that's right, bro. We have the people involved, do you? Because his child go to that school. Y'all shutting the program down, his child had a chance at a scholarship, y'all shutting the athletic department down. You speaking to him. And so when you speak to him, he on that level he may get involved in your mind. Some people are just gonna be involved in a certain level where they see their own interest. You're gonna get people from having other meetings that get the bigger picture. They go, Yo, I'm rocking with you and then it starts one, two, three, and then what you do, once they function it, three, four people addressing that, you got an education department. Look, you tell your man who you was training, the first one that came to you, the brother, the sister, man, maintain this. Stay on top of this. Where are you going? I got another company I belong to. What's that? Business, black businesses. Now you're over in economics. But you got that functioning. You done walk them through it. Remember when they first came to the town hall meeting, the education, you had the package. You had the meeting before the meeting. So so-and-so going to be there. Yeah, we going to say this. Yeah, you got to organize and engage them. Shit, if you're in there with them, you just as informed as they are. They know what the hell is going on, and you don't eat. But you want to tell them something. They're like, fuck you was before all this happened. Now you know everything. See, if you're walking in with them, I assuming you of them. Revolutionary has to hey, take responsibility.
3: Yes. Let me uh, jump in on real quick on a note I want to say in regards to that. One of the things that we as revolutionaries Or organizers a lot of times have working Against us and we have to again go back to Looking at how the system is designed Is the fact that a lot of people That do the work it ain't that many of us That's really doing the work or really Trying to push unity Or push to make things happen So what happens is amongst The masses it's still A a few that's that's making headway A few that's really doing Trying hard and making things happen The problem with that is that when we go into something, we got to always keep it in the forefront of our mind that we're doing this, and we're not, and, and, and there's no direct measurement on uh, the benefit of what we're doing. And regardless of that, we have to be willing to hold the weight of of, of the world on our shoulders, and not expect people to come down in, in droves supporting us and supporting themselves, supporting us to support themselves. Because what happens is over years and years. A lot of people end up getting bitter and feeling like they're not seeing any future of their labor. But at the same time, just like how somebody's doing real good within their career, other companies will try to recruit you. Other people will try to say, hey, man, I like your work ethic. Hey, I love how you are really hitting the grind and doing this and doing that. So I, I, I individuals that are so um, powerful within our movements end up getting recruited out of the movement into more of a, A uh, embodiment individual uh, situation again. So those brightest and best minds that should stay active and try to work toward developing cohesiveness amongst each other are also recruited out of that environment and put back into a position where they're now an individual again, were representing a small fraction of what they were dealing with. So remember, that's basically the game. And even from the standpoint of our educational system, it's always the top and the brightest that are that are that that, that they reach out for first. And so, even from that standpoint, from an uh, uh, academic perspective, it's always still that same carrot. I'm going to take the best. I'm not trying to teach cohesiveness and team building in terms of uh, of us reaching and growing. It's always that individual. It's that one person mm-hmm. that's going to shine. So. That's what happens, and even the teachers' subconsciously a lot of times do that. That's where you get the concept of the teacher's pet. Teacher find mm. this one student that seems to shine, outshine everybody, and they want to keep asking that student the questions because it tickles them to see the fact that this one student knows all the answers and the rest of the students can't answer the, may not be as quick to answer their questions. So the yep. teacher even, ends, ends, a lot of times, end up favoring certain individuals over the collective. So we're pushed away from collective building. And a lot of times, again, when we're not able to, when we take for granted how our our work is measured or how our work is measured, and we fall into that trap of feeling like our work is being done in vain, a lot of times we'll subside and then fall right back into that individual mindset and be like, well, I've been putting all this work in for this and that, and people just don't care. They don't really care. And if we grow bitter, Mm -hmm. then We'll still be hard workers, but now we'll jump back on that individual slot and be hard workers for ourselves because, just, let's, just, let's just face it, somebody that's willing to hit the grind and make it happen, they can be successful mm-hmm. in any limelight. They can be successful. They can put that same effort and energy in to into this capitalistic system and more than likely be well off. Yep. So yep. now I'm, I'm pinned against well, should I put this hard work into trying to build a community of people that don't even respect or realize that, that this is needed, or should I turn around and go ahead and build my, my, my personal family and go ahead and we make it and we just isolate ourselves again? That's where that isolation comes in also Absolutely. that uh, Dr. Justice is talking about. So, again, it's yep. a psychological thing that constantly grips at us. So we have to keep that in the forefront of our mind that when we bear the weight of the of the world on our shoulders, do not try to measure your success based upon those around you. The point is is That's as we learn, as we realize that we know something or we're capable of something, that we have to look at it in terms of an obligation. So it is our obligation because of the fact that we may be a little bit more capable than next person that we do that work, not. That is our gift, or, or or that we're doing this out of so or, or, or out of just our, um, you know, because I feel like it for the moment. But we need to hold ourselves accountable and obligated because we are able. So the more able you are, the more accountable and obligated you should be. But when we're not taught to think of it that way, we're taught to think that we're that we're special because we have a little bit better or a little bit more capabilities than the next person, and that. Hey, that you should be able to reward yourself or bless yourself for being better than the next person. Again, that's that competitive, okay. that competitive mindset that's bred back in us. So when it pushes Absolutely. in that direction, ultimately it may it, it may burn, you know, burn, take a burn on us, and we fall back into that fold. So I just want to put that out there to those people that are working hard in their community to make sure you stay steadfast in the fact that this is your obligation. The fact that you are capable. That is what that is your gift. That is what you're supposed to present to the world. It's not that you are a, a, a you shouldn't put yourself in a, in, in a position where you think that you are an elitist or you think that, well, you know what, they ought to be happy that I'm doing this for them. No, this is your obligation. This That's is right. why you would receive those particular gifts. It's because you are required for spiritual polls. Mm-hmm. You are required now. To grant these gifts that you got to the rest of the world.
1: That's right. Black power. That's right. Black power. Man, that is right. Woo. Woo. That makes me holler. That's right. That's right. And that's exactly how they bombard us with that vigilance, that prophecy, that we bring it over to the movement, which is all communalist. But how do you fight against that? That's why I said that, you know, I can appreciate. Jersey, I appreciate what, even what you're doing. For those of brothers and sisters who don't know what's out there, not, can I speak a little bit about the work you're doing with the San Diego Party War? Is it cool or is it? Uh, nah, keep that on hold for a minute, bro. Keep that on hold okay, for a minute. Okay, not, okay, okay. <laughs> but let's just say, say the brothers out there, he's working. And like he said, you can't measure. He doesn't do the work for the measurement uh, because you can't. The, the contributions that my brother has given, not just, Direct and immediately to the People's Black Panther Party, but throughout this movement. For the young brothers, don't know who that brother is. Real talk. That's just on some real, real. You can look it up, look the brother up from day one. So, one of the things is like what keeps us grounded that we don't get in this individualistic manner, that we don't allow our other things, especially at the People's Black Panther Party, we really take that word peoples seriously. So like what justice did, what war does by working with the other four of being on the ground, you must be amongst the people. See, they snatch you up when they isolate you, when they put you in that ivory tower, when you got that office with the corner view, the when they're kissing your ass, when they're giving you all that attention, when you allow them to butter you up and separate you from your people. So you can't butter me up. When you butter me up, you're preparing me for dinner. And it's not to sit and eat with you. to ham the meal i not your Thanksgiving turkey with all that butter for, oh, buddy. Oh, Yanga, you're just you are so articulate. You really speak for your people. If you spoke here, and if you just kind of tone that down and didn't say black, you know so much like the people a little bit more, we could really get behind with shit. Don't mind be it then. I see you and I see you, cause you'll be the same motherfucker in my neighborhood trying to march with your little signs and your little this. And you look up and you got all that thing. Hey, Yanga, you those guys right there? Yeah, they with me. Those guys, those rough looking guys, yeah, they're they're with me. These are the people. Oh, these are the people that you don't know about because you some tucked doing all your fucking, like you said, like my brother chief was said, trading one another back and forth like uh, baseball cards. I trade a general so and so, Captain Yuda Y'all doing back negotiating deal, and the people are forgetting what it's about because you looking, you know, these brothers, sisters looking for accolades. They got called individualism, but when you're out there, when you're passing out coach, that people say, "What was your name again?" Oh, Doctor just Thank you, because tonight you are warm. Y'all, I understand we came it all that's good. I understand y'all, talking. I understand y'all. I understand you know that dude they call Malik. With all of that's cool, but tonight we cold. And when you get out there and you face to face with that, with the everyday realities of the people, it keeps you reminding why. Okay, this is why I built with. This is why I built war. This is, this, is this is why I build with you. This is why I build with Sorso. This is why I build with This is why I do this, because it's real. And the way they assess the problem is from a realistic point of view, and people that want to make realistic changes for the people, and they're not just caught up in the accolades of it. And everybody in the people's part, I got to do a little brag on it. Everybody's free to work their department the way they rock their department. You see what I'm saying? That way, I don't. I can't go behind, even as a national chairman, go behind and say the work is not sufficient because that's not my department. I don't know the sufficiency of how that department does look. I know that I need to see some progress. So, how you were, and the National Chief of Staff the National Minister just deliver. My Blues delivered? He even send a shout out to Mr. Khadija, delivers. So the people deliver, but it's out there because it's in. It's uh, addressing the needs of our people. That thing that we're building—they have a, a, a task. They've been instructed to have a focus, a vision. Ours is to develop a strong infrastructure to inspire, and motivate us to participate in our own self-determination enough to sustain us through a um, uh, turbulent, a turbulent transformational period to nationhood and we know we're going to feel the oppression economically, physically, legally, judicially, every leap that they can throw at you but we're developing enough programs to at least maintain our struggle and to make the proper advancements within our struggle based on a realistic assessment of our strengths, and our weaknesses and how we're going to go about those issues. To work within that capacity to contribute To that and that's why I say we got the number Before we begin I'm going to read it out Because we're looking for contributions to that The soldiers are out there The soldiers are masses of people Isn't it's about empowering the populace of the people We're looking for the officers We're looking for those people to do like What Sally Struthers used to come on But better when she's going to be with missionaries in Africa. Well we're missionaries right here In the third world conditions Of the streets of America that our people face. Yo, we're addressing those issues. We're the revolutionaries right here addressing that. How do you bring the people from disparity, from depression, from drug addiction, from uh, dependence on entities that have historically shown that they have been there for their destruction and their demise, their disempowerment, their underdevelopment? How do you take these people that have been beaten down and still have, like Chief War pointed out, these uh, concepts, self-concepts, destructive self-analysis and destructive self behavior He said we see ourselves in an individualistic aspect. Do we understand what that brother is saying and how destructive to a psyche, a social, cultural, economic system? You wonder why we crazy as hell because we think we can do it alone. And we think we've arrived when we have it all by ourselves and then we're up there by ourselves because we've been lied, pillaged, plundered, stole, robbed, and killed. Manipulated. We've emulated the devil so much that we've become like someone told me, if they came from us, so if they came from us and we start behaving with them, we're gonna be better devils than they were because we originated it. So we're not even good to flirt with it. If you don't want to be a devil, don't float don't walk, don't follow his footsteps. I it reminds me of an old guy out in the Quran. You know, I come from Muslim, prophet in the Quran. He said, "Follow not the footsteps of Satan." Okay, you don't follow the footsteps of Satan. Because you follow no footsteps is going to you catch up with them. and a lot of us are so emboldened we bad we catch up with them and surpass them in our acts in the atrocities that we perpetrate against our people. Some of us hate black people more than any race on we we'll do one another worse than like I was pointing out the first slave older in America was a black man, we'll do our people worse than any people because of the condition. Beat a nigga down. A nigga ain't So we, these are issues, like the people saying, about individualism. We have to address when we talk about this community. But why do I feel like that a community works because of the very root word, community? Yes, we can see the benefit of, I can point out to them, the economic benefits of selling out the, you know, a capitalist mentality, the individualism. Yeah, it'll look good. It all looks good. But, you know, you'd be stressed to everybody, every black man or woman that participates in this race. In this keeping up with the Joneses, in this what I'm doing for me and my family is depressed. I'm not asking anybody to put their shit in the doghouse. I'm asking like Ward's telling. I'm asking, Ward told you. So I like how the brothers direct shit cut the corner. Yo, you obligated. Responsibility, i not playing with you. You got to stop looking at yourself, looking for that pat on the back and the accolades that may never, you feel like you're putting in the work. A lot of times better than anybody else in the organization, but you're doing it for yourself and doing it for yourself. And we must develop in order for that to be successful. We must develop a culture of brotherhood and sisterhood within the Panthers that we see the reward every day we revolutionaries but we family. You know, our national conventions don't need we need to stop looking at we say a national convention, we're gonna have it like the Elk Lodge. We're gonna have a hundred thousand members. Why Water Buffalo ass or ooh, Wait for the grand old to walk in. We're not going to do it like that, man, y'all. National conventions, beating other minds, man. Don't come in and monkey parade. You can wear your BDUs if you want to. I'm, you know, I'm recommending you slush your things. Now, we shutting down. We strategizing and strategic. When we have our time for those, when we have our programs, that can like be a wicked, suited, and booted. But Our national convention ain't going to be a yuhu and yacky ha. And if we... Give out awards and acknowledgements amongst ourselves, like in the people's program party. Without divulging to too much, we got medals and pendants for achievements and accomplishments amongst ourselves, just to signify. It's then to signify exactly that achievement achievements the common what they're trained to do. Our CPR, our first day, our basic first aid patches and medals. So we know what these comrades are trained to do, and to say, hey, you know what? We acknowledge that personal commitment you made to in into advancement into the struggle of your people. You know, you took Kung Fu on your own, you know, self-defense, On you got a patch for that. You paid for that. You had enough discipline to go to that, and now you're taking that skill, that art, that trade, that thing you put, that's your energy, your effort, your creation, and you're going to give that back to the people. Well, the People's Black Panther Party welcomes that, and we'll try to use that to empower as many people as we can for that because you donate that to the movement. Because what? Like the chief said, that's your responsibility and obligation. What do you do it for? Oh, need you talk to the next bruce lee is you sure. do it to give back to yes
3: let me make one other point based on what you were saying about the footsteps and also to help our people draw a a stronger dynamic yes, sir. i like to use the acronym uh, pnr pnr is point of no return a lot of times our people are looking at, at life as a from a two two-dimensional perspective versus three-dimensional or even four-dimensional Now, when you look at things or or goals or accomplishments or a path that you travel from a two-dimensional standpoint, then a 360-degree would basically be a start and end being a one and the same versus when you look at life from a three-dimensional aspect, that circle now becomes a spiral. A spiral, when you make a a 360-degree turn, you are still on the incline or degress but you never cross the same starting and end point at any point in time. So it's always ever evolving. But from a two-dimensional perspective, there is no such thing as an evolving circle. That 360 degree, your start and your end is one and the same, whereas on a spiral, you will never see where you started. As you make that 360-degree turn, you are now on a new plane or a new level. So our people a lot of times are stuck, looking at life in terms of accomplishments in terms of what we do from a two-dimensional perspective. So we're trapped in that box. And as long as we're trapped in that box, then going back to what I said about the point of no return, if I've been headed down a path that that is ill or destructive, once I reach a certain point down that path, I may think I come to a point of no return. In other words, it may take me longer in my life to try to correct the things that I've been doing wrong or the things that I've been taught wrong, longer than I got to live. So, in other words, if I've been doing or taught this way for 18 years, uh give you a better example, most people, when it comes to school, schooling, they've been taught, or they go to school up until high school, 12 years of school. So, after 12 years of schooling, so to speak, a lot of us are not going to invest an additional 12 years to unlearn all of the mess that we have been taught for the first 12 years of our, of, of our schooling. So, therefore, once we hit the end of high school and graduate and get that diploma, we've reached that point of no return because we're not willing to give the same amount of time that we've been taught wrong to ourselves to be untaught and taught correctly. So because we've been taught that that schooling system has been taught to us from a 2 a two-dimensional perspective, we're not willing to elevate and evolve to a three-dimensional and realize that if from the cradle to the grave, you should be, you're should be—you elevating and you are learning and that we must continue to steadfast on that level of, of growth and that there is no such
1: thing as a point of no return. Black power. Black power. Black power. And I think that the best way that that is dressed, and I like that that's absolutely right um we got unfortunately that exists in our community that thing we've been beaten down and 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 bowed down for so long that we from that to you know point a point b to thing that two dimensional. but I think that this is one of the things when we go to the people it goes back into my Facebook they ask why I debate unfortunately, we do have that point of no return. So when we meet people who are just in that attitude that, yo, I've been doing this, I can't change this. After a while, you know, you can benefit from the program if you fall through and grab something to eat, grab a place to crash, grab, a, you know, whatever we can aid in assist. But I'm not really looking for you to be a big participant in your own operation. You really get down by default. You know what I'm saying? So at the same time, we find those people who are looking for – a change and they feel like they get to that point where I'm too old to try something new, then or to change my ways. And we say, don't change your ways, try something new. You know, like I said, man, we 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 grown too. I think that the parents a lot of what's happened with it, young energy, and with this dynamic energy and with very aggressive warrior spirit, which is needed. But they brought a lot of that youthful energy, so a lot of the older brothers and sisters don't find their are uh, Brothers and sisters who, who are more laid back bro, They don't find their place in that movement They say, ah, you know, they're Muslims Or they're on that hippity-hippity-hop, man You know, I'm a Lutheran, I'm a Luther brother You know, I'm not hippity-hop He's like, no, it's not that way, man He's like, you told me check this out on Facebook That out on Facebook, and it's all this stuff and you go on their page, it's a whole different vibe I think that It's not a matter of changing their ways. It's a matter of getting them to experience new things. You have to engage them on new levels. Well, what is it that you do? What is it that, you know, how do us at this level relate? If we relate over dinner, if we, you know, go see, you know, a a play and discuss that and start developing a theater department. I don't know. There's always ways that we can engage people to participate that are looking for ways to better their condition. You know and some of those people are just gonna fall like I said, fall through through default. Then you're gonna find those people that want to be full participants, like, yo, I'm ready to get in here for my um for this liberation struggle. But the but the the main thing is for me when we talk about the people is getting these programs, getting these people who have the experience, have the expertise, may have financial backing or whatever to get these programs for our younger adults and these babies. See, we say youth, 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 but when we're talking about the youth, what are we? What age group is the youth? And then they're not children. We're dealing with young men and women who have family. How are we addressing that phenomenon? You know, we coming and we got to grab the youth. We got to throw a hip hop concert. We gotta get them to talk to Grandmaster Spunky Funk and the Furious Monkeys. But at the end of the day, this brother got two, three kids, and she ain't no money coming in. Or no, this sister got two, three babies, and the dude is AWOL. You know, he going, she's struggling. I mean, you know, and we still having youth children that need real programs that address this. How do I sign up for stamps like right if I got to? How do I budget them? How do I change this little baby? How do I properly wipe this baby's booty? I'm overwhelmed. That postpartum is some real stuff that women suffer from. And young women are having children. You wonder why you just look at it. Baby, your your two year old walking down the street twelve o'clock at because she just she and it ain't that she can gave up on the baby. She's stressed and blown out. Where's our health departments and health programs? With two or three caring, it not have to that's why I say we're looking for these Mega masses, this ain't the nation of Islam. I'm not looking for a mass movement. I'm looking for cadres, real sales that ignite that fire and that passion of, of of that that inspiration in the brothers and sisters to participate in their own self determination. Two or three brothers or sisters, two sisters in the uh, uh, health field, some like minded comrades too us all. So if y'all got to go up to school and know y'all got babies, y'all baby know anybody in the school that quite need help. Yeah, a little girl in there, she kind of smell. She kind of just shit, take it, back out, coming up, go to her house, check her mom out. We talk about the babies, I love the babies. Same with the brothers, you know, y'all got sons like yeah, do be a dude in there, man. Either he bullied, they you know, he's struggling a bit, man. He's shy, this and that, you know, Find out. Dude, is, is his dad around? to so roll through with the brothers, hey man, we finna go toss the football. My, you know, my son John Jay, you might have a popular son kid. Your son mad as man, my sons. Best friend is not to throw him out there. His one of his best friends is a mentally handicapped from across the street. You can't even talk to him. i to be ready to fight and bop with him. He'd be like, That ain't like daddy. That. that ain't right. I'm like, Man, get your little buddy, man. There he come with that. He's like, Daddy. You know what I'm saying because you teach your children compassion and you start to become the community and you let your children know you're the community. You don't nobody pick on him. You got his back. To make sure he don't be what well, He be there some be using cuss words. Then you, you his friend, yeah. Then you stop him. man, that ain't cool. You tell him that ain't cool, man, we ain't gonna be able to play, you keep talking like that dude. You stop him if you his friend. So we start to teach in our youth. We had to get involved. Some of these old heads, man, they stuck on, they wanna debate and they wanna be deep and find these niggas in these movements looking for pass. Um, Mass movements of a million people, man. We start with share youth. Yeah, we we all gonna get busy at time. So we are gonna get busy at one time. So we can share you. We can say you can rotate the days. So, great, brother. Um, So we could, you know, little stuff like that. It doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to really do what we have to do, a few people, and implementing these programs solely, addressing these needs slowly. And it starts with a few people because it's not about how many people you serve but how consistent the service is. You understand? It's not about we can serve 600 people. We can serve 600 people one time every six months, or we can serve 60 people every day. You see, it's a program. So we have to look at these programs that are consistent. So they can be a small number. You're only dealing with your little personal, small two or three that you're working with. It's cool. We Yeah, we want to change the world. You can move the beach, but you might have to move it one sand at a time. It might be generations to move it, but you can move the beach. So it has to be taught to our people in that sense of responsibility. So adopt a family. Take care of something as simple as that? Adopt a family. You know what family needs? To say, you know what, man? Just, they ain't even tell me you adopted them. You just be like, man, we like y'all got from you. just pop up on it. But, hey, man, y'all ate today. let get the family. let go eat or uh, the sister didn't cook, man. She didn't cook more than enough, man. Family ate Round right the crib. Twice a week, once a week, twice a week. Hang out, kick it, man. Everything good with you, bro? Yeah, man, how you miss getting along, man? I know, uh, boy, you been hanging out late, bro. ain't good with you, bit bro. Dude, talk to me. Everything going to be the black marriage. We are the dominant, man. We know that. We, so, you know that, right, bro? Yeah, I know that. Okay, then what's going on with you? How can, how can we address some of these things that concern you? I'm not going to sit here and speak, and we know what we got to accomplish, what we got to do. But how does it start with that revolution inside of you? How can I aim assist you? How can you get comfortable with me and I'm comfortable with you? That we develop a bond, that we develop a trust, that somebody that some things can be built on. And it will be so magnetic, so explosive, it'll be so contagious that when people come to our proximity, when they stand around, they will start to absorb it. They'll feel that revolutionary love. They'll feel that motivation. See. I believe that this type of energy can be transferred to people through not just positive thinking, but through actions and realistic positive yeah. actions with realistic expectations. You know what I'm saying? You just rap into a real. You ain't come down there like superhero. You ain't popped up all oh, extra suited and booted, waving every flag you got in your arsenal like you could just conquered Mount Everest, motherfucker. It feels good to be, you know, you want to celebrate you want to be exuberant. That's good because you're doing your thing, but be realistic, man. Be real with the people, man. I am mean, there ain't no photo op. Here we are, out. Yes. You know. And get them, you know, get them involved. You know what I'm You don't separate yourself. And that's what well, a kid, like the brother was saying, how snatching people out of these parties. The people remain focused. When we get to the trenches and we're face-to-face with the everyday people, who are the first line of defense, and not just line of defense, our first fatalities in systems war? When programs get cut, when things get cut, we're talking about people that are the first ones to get cut. They're closing they shelters in Atlanta. That's right. because you close a shelter, don't be homeless, people disappear. I mean, just that you can open, they got $50 trillion. Zillion. I make up numbers like children, gazillions. Stadium, downtown, homeless people. You can come in so the bourgeois leaders can come in. We almost, we almost won the Super Bowl. Rise up, rise up. I mean, catch that five dirty bucks, Rick. yeah, woo-woo, ATL. I'm all shit, you know. I'm ATL at to my heart, so I'm not dissing them Falcons. Congratulations, but damn, look at the stadium they're building. rock shadow of the stadium someone shivering from cold, bundled and cracked up from hunger, so that they can run that ball back up and down the field. People displaced. We don't know. Do you know a historical church actually voted to sell one of the churches that Morehouse College was birthed at? A historical piece. if you're a civil rights activist, I'm not a civil rights activist, but I am a black nationalist. Therefore, my history in America is vital. Even if it's a part of a history I don't agree with, it's still vital to the development and to make for who I am and why we reached what we reached, based on conclusions that we've been through. So you sell a vital piece of black history. You that capitalist you that far gone that you sell your culture. So we have to have, so we, those of us that realize what's happening, that touched us, to get back in those trenches. You know, we, it keeps us focused on what we're trying to accomplish. If we sit up and lay up and let people pump stuff in our ears, we think that's what we're trying to accomplish, man, good luck on that. Good luck on that. Because it's all just, if you, you know, listen, like, look, please. I'm reminded of an old saying there, go back to my Islam. When the brother told the other brother he was praising him, he said, Look, you don't have to do all that. He said, I'm more than what you think I am, I'm less than what you're saying. I'm more than what you think, but I'm less than all of that coming out your mouth, man. You ain't got to do all that. I ain't all that but I'm more than what you really think I am. That's the masquerade, some other shit you got for me. So I listened to what with that ear. What are you flattering me for when it's all about the people? When it's all about the masses. So getting out there amongst the people but hope you see what you need to make a community. Some of the things that should be addressed to make a community. And you can't think about making, like you always hear me say, doing long-term. And you're addressing and facing immediate issues, you right now. Come 20 years, bro, man, I ain't got 20 years, black man. Yes, he can. 20 years. Yes, no, nine no, no. class. So he said he ain't got 20 years. So what's the issue? How he need? How can he make this thing happen now? So we start to address, that and not just how it can happen now, but how we, you can be in a position to contribute to it happening continuously. That's what we're looking at. Not just the now hustle. We got to get out of the hustle mentality. Everything's a hustle. they careful hustle. We should be tired of hustle black man and woman has been hustling since they've been here. We hustled with change on hustle. boy hustle. We hustled in. Tired of hustle. We need our own. And we must develop our own. Claim our own. Build our own. Defend our own. There is a such thing as your own. It's not listen, it's not illegal yet to have your own. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Take advantage of being able to have your own now. Understand what having your own means. Not to be, listen, there's a difference. I didn't say be owned, not to be owned. Have your own resource. Stop allowing what Chief War was saying. Stop allowing them to manipulate our spending habits. What we meant is success. I was in a good discussion, man. Very deep and like I love my discussions, love my comrades. So we get deep, and we were talking about the economics and the power. Not understanding economics is because we put the power behind it. We're the source. We're the power behind that paper. That paper don't mean nothing. We're the the power behind that. You know, they govern, they have to govern. I think in their bill of rights or something, it talks about that they have to have the consent of people to govern them. And when you don't know that not only do they have to have your consent, that you have a consent to give. You, we, you and I, we feel like we have a consent to give. We really don't feel like that we matter. So we try to... We destroy ourselves. We try to destroy. We go through every art. We go through everything to destroy the black in us. It's one of the reasons we can't have community. We go through everything to destroy the black in us. We go through lightening our skin, straightening our hair, get contact, changing our names, lying about our ethnicity. Well, I got some Indian in me, bros. Well, I got that shiny crow black for a We're still just going through any schemes to separate and divorce. they African and us because we've been taught to hate ourselves, you see. And so when you go to that extreme, you don't have a – nothing black that you equate with successful. Anything black you equate with successful – you equate with what we call that Uncle Tom, that sellout, that individual that pushes diversity and multiculturalism off to their disadvantage. The only culture you contribute is buffoonery. We'll make them over the lab. We'll run the rock, the ball. We might sing a dance. We entertain. They allow us to entertain, to get paid entertainment, and not even to corner, not to participate in their capitalist system. See, we're the entertainers. We should have what they call a monopoly on that. You, know, you say what well, a monopoly, brother chairman. For those of you, my street busters don't know what a monopoly, look at the black hair care. Look at the, the hair, your queen getting, bro. And got it locked down. Go to any, go go any on they come of Vietnamese, one of them. The Asians. Go to any beauty supply store. You can see Asian. That's a monopoly. You don't know what a monopoly is, that's a monopoly. They got it looked or sold. So us being the entertainers making up the majority of the entertainers, why we don't have a monopoly on the entertainment business? Because we don't understand the basic fundamentals of communalism, of nationalism, that is not built on your religion, it's not built on your specific culture, your particular customs, but it's built on our shared experience of black advancement is built on our shared experience of exploitation and oppression, of the deliberate destruction of the black family, of the deliberate miseducation process and inferior school system that you're telling us and throwing us in a corporate America and an America that says you have to function this way to get ahead, but you taught us that way. And when we start to develop our own system, do our own thing to be independent, then we're rebellious negroes. And you lock us lock us up, free matula, free Jim uh email Jameer Abdullah Alameen, free them all. Free them all. free Free 'em all. Because Some of ours said that this system is natural to the development of African people, and we must develop a system that is contrary to that. We must develop a system that is progressive for African people. We must develop a system that teaches African identity, that instills a sense of self-worth and self-pride, that will make them walk a path of dignity and righteousness, that will make them say, hey, you know what? This is what's best for us. It tastes wonderful to us. This is a delicious fruit called freedom. And I say "It's, it's wonderful. Can I have another bite, do you mind? Can I and this one is delicious? Freedom. So you have a system that doesn't want you to have that because you are the cog. You are the oil between their ears that keep this system going by your unaccountable spending, your lack of participation, your apathy for participating in direct community issues. That you forever on the defensive. Never on the offensive. That type of things. That isn't by Apple's stance. the fight's been beat out of us on many fronts. We've taken a lot of us have taken routes that are easier, that are perceived uh uh more a little a little well paved or less rocky, not as controversial. And when I say controversial, not controversy. The sense of confrontation that you're scared to confront anybody. We're not telling you any of that, but a a a route that doesn't require an, as intensive uh, study, as an intensive commitment, as intense discipline and dedication, block and protection. It's not short-term effect. You didn't feel it right then and there. It wasn't a, ma- it wasn't a jump in a magical pond. You're, you didn't get re-energized overnight. The reward has to be self. The reward has to be a sense of commitment to your people. That reward has to be that I have fulfilled. It's like the reward of knowing that you have done your job and your duty and you feel like you've done it to your best of your ability. You can sleep comfortably. night, like I handled all my business and I did it right. And that's it, working for your people, despite the sneers, the stares, the rumors, the gossip, the continuous foolishness that haunts you day and night, despite all of that, understanding what you do it for. And that all of those things are natural in the process of a revolution. It's not always just gonna be physical confrontation, brothers and sisters. It's gonna be psychological warfare and a lot of psychological warfare, lots of warfare is going to be waged against you by people who look like you. Don't be deceived. Don't be deceived by it. So test in the measure of the person's commitment. The test and the measure of that person's sincerity. The test and the measure of that person's loyalty is going to be measured in their ideological understanding. Do they believe as I believe? My brotherhood will be a brotherhood based on ideological understanding. Do they believe as I believe? That's my internal working. Other people I'm going to be tolerant with, who I work with. Who I people with? Do they believe as I believe? Not do they think as I think. Let's get this understood, see. A lot of us are still into this cultish mentality. Someone has to think like we think. I don't want a central committee that thinks like I think. I just can talk to myself. Can't nobody be me better than me, so I don't need anybody to think like me. That's spooky. You'll scare me. Man, you're thinking like me. You're scaring me. I need independent thinkers. I need brothers and sisters to think outside the box who know how to tackle the um, the, the, the problem and looks at it from an abstract view. Like National Force said, not two-dimensional. They look at it from an abstract view. This type of understanding. And when when they do that, then they understand the commitment that it's going to take. And that's what it's all about at the end of the day. You know, too many times, I think that that's the biggest thing, what would be one of our biggest hindrances, one of the biggest hindrances to building a community is that we just really don't have a visual of this community. I think it's a heaven. I think it's a utopia. I think right now it's a vision. It's a good word to draw people, to at least get people to pay attention to what you say, community. You know, you know, innately, we know we're missing that. We're missing that tribal bond. We're missing that connectedness. We're missing that brother and sister love, that spirit of um, um, sticking together, cohesiveness between us. We know that we're missing that. So when you say the word community, it sparks something. But when we really start talking about the functioning of a community, when we really start talking about the working apparatus and how it works and the big word, the big key word, tolerance. Tolerance of that, the development and good and the betterment of all people of African descent, and then eventually humanity. Because I am a human being, but I know I'm in the human race. And it's a race, and I can't negate, I don't believe in accident, especially when I'm, I'm, you know, listen, for my brothers and sisters that are atheists out there, please, this is not your offense, but I'm not an atheist. So I don't believe that the Most High God gave me this beautiful, dynamic color just, you know, because it it happened to be the color of the day. I was born on Tuesday, and Tuesday was Black Day, whenever the day. So I believe that I was given this color I was given this hue, this wonderful skin tone, for a reason. I would do a disservice to the memory of my ancestors, to the achievements of my ancestors, to the struggle of my ancestors and predecessors. Should I try to amalgamize, blend in completely and totally with a people to the loss of who I am because the loss of who I am is a loss of my ancestry. And I believe in ancestral acknowledgement. And I believe in ancestral acknowledgement. I thank the ancestors. I thank the likes of Barry and that Turner and Google and all the ancestors of African people, I right? You know, that man, who. Well, Wow. Bad history, man. Bad ancestry. And so when acknowledging them, I think that that within itself, just acknowledging ancestors as a community of family, once you start to understand that community of family, acknowledge the ancestors, and then those people, those loved ones, right in front of you, acknowledging brothers and sisters, community starts right in A common unity must start out, a common interest. The best, but what is the development of the family? What will get all of us to You know what I'm saying? Me and my boy was talking in the um, elevator. And we was talking about that movie, Shadows. And I said, man, we was talking. And we said, remember that part where Wayne told my boy, you help me let them boys eat? If they don't eat. They eat from my place. He said, damn, we family. We all eat. Don't nobody.' You see what I'm saying? So when the people see that there's programs, for them, to eat, for them to eat, not just the people starting in the house, that we all eat and nobody eats, and it spreads to the community. And the community spoke the Bible for a quick minute on the story of the Good Samaritan. And we, the Samaritan, you know, found um, someone on the road and helped them, and he said, you're not my neighbor and anybody, but the important thing was anybody can be your neighbor. So community can start with your group of friends, the group of people that you think with, that becomes a little community in itself. And the energy and the direction that you go in in this world group or community determines whether that's a good community or a bad community. It determines whether or not us as revolutionaries should support that community, encourage that community, help develop that community, because we want that that influence, that sense of communal love, that sense of doing for one another, that sense of brotherhood and sisterhood to spread. So we begin to, and once we take on that, obligation that responsibility. I want to take on that feeling. We understand that we have a sense of obligation and responsibility to our communities. So then we start to defend it from don't harm from any threat, like they say in this country, whether that's domestic or foreign, whether that's from amongst people who look like us or outsiders. If it isn't advantageous for community growth, if it isn't advantageous for the advancement of African-American America, for us as black people, and it harms us better than it helps us, then we have a responsibility, an obligation even, to stop it. See, that's when we start to put, our, they say, what's the old saying, money where your mouth is. That's when you start to say what your community, what your group, your community, your interests are for, what you're about. We can't just keep being told. People have to see a benefit. And, like I said, the projects are always good to do because it keeps us tied to the community. It keeps us relevant. And also, should it should act as something to reinvigorate you, to help you to reaffirm your commitment to people, to get you to remember what this is all about. Because we can get caught up into the administration work of community, the blah, 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 day to day of trying to build community through networking and other type of works. But that field, man. Ain't nothing like it. That's that's what it's all about. You go back to the basics, then it ain't all that posture in the grandstand is you and the people doing what you do. You just meet the talk, and you're like, damn, this is what it's about. Building on 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 that level, but taking what we have and applying it in such a manner that we can be effective get caught up, I, I think, too easily to get sidetracked and start to use the words. Like we say, build a community. And then go back to reiterate what I was talking about a, a little earlier previously. Um, we talked about building, it just becomes a word, but we don't have a definition of this community. So I say that, you know, my thing would be start with small communities, start in your house. And then if you find a couple like-minded people one issue, pursue that issue, develop that issue. It may start at something soon. may start y'all may have, like I said, a love of art. I like to draw, I like art. So you might have a love of art. And you find a couple more people a love of art. Adopt a chapter or two. Introduce them to art. And they get sit they'll bring a friend. You say, only if your friend is serious now. Oh, they're serious. They say, Okay, and your friend. You introduce them to, to art, African art, different way of thinking. You can start out small. We grassroots. Everybody wants this mass movement stuff, man. We grassroots. We can start out small. Just really looking out for somebody. Picking a family. Like I said, that's where it goes back to. And when picking a family, not just having someone that you do something for, but that's your real intention, the purpose should be to politicize them to revolutionize them that you're introducing them to revolutionary thinking, revolutionary actions you're showing them a whole new way of life when you just get kicking partner you're trying to revolutionize them, get them to see their get them to see it in a whole different way. Perceive their life in a whole different, from a whole different understanding. This is what it intends is. So this is what you do. We have to. It's 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 wonderful. Like I said, man. You know, I rant and rave. Brothers and sisters that know me know I will rant and rave against like this whole social media thing. And I'm not saying that it doesn't have its usefulness. You can use it. Those of us that can be moderate and can really. Control ourselves and don't get caught up in the whole hype of it, it. Can be beneficial, but what it has done is it has made the world so small and has brought so much drama so quickly. Information instantaneously at the snap of a finger, or quite literally, the push of a button. You see, and so we start to begin to measure things like that not just other groups. I ain't seen what you're doing, what you're doing. I don't see what you're doing because you're so used to having results at the push of the button, but not just other groups where it becomes very, to judge our own own advancement or our own travel, our own commitment based on, I don't see nothing. Six months. (coughs) You've been, you've been, in the movement, I'm not even going to say committed yet, but in the movement six months, and you're frustrated, you're exhausted. Don't worry, brother, so get alone in that. We've all been through that. But judge, you stand by that push of a button. Understand that this is a protracted struggle, not only is it generational, but it is consuming. Revolution is not an event, it's a process. A process. That is a beast to feed. It is a machine. It is a gluttonous animal. Revolutionist. They must feed it. It only eats. It's such a beast that it only eats your sacrifice. You have to sacrifice to the revolution. You have to offer sacrifice. To the revolution. And not periodically. The revolution is so demanding. It demands sacrifice every day, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. It demands your sacrifice. The revolution is so egotistical, so arrogant and narcissist that the revolution demands your attention all the time. There's not a moment that the revolution doesn't want you to pay attention to it, doesn't want you to acknowledge it, doesn't want you to taste it and breathe it and touch it and love it and believe it and live it. It is one of the most narcissistic animals, one of the most self-absorbing delusions. I'm not even going to say delusions of grandeur, knowing that it's, it's grandeur and it's majesty. The revolution demands all attention. And the revolution is so jealous that it demands all of you. It demands all of you. So unless you're ready to marry this, this monster, this all-consuming, all-wanting the attention, all-wanting the acknowledgement, all-wanting you, then I would first just get into activism. See, we have to understand the difference. A lot of activists, there's a lot of activists calling themselves revolutionaries. Let's, let's get that understood. A lot of activists are saying that they're revolutionary, and some of them, I think that the mistake is a conscious mistake. I think that, you know, it's not intentional. They really don't know the difference, so bless their little heart. They believe at that state of the game that they won't be a revolutionary. But when you step into revolutionary boots, welcome to the looking, it's like falling through the looking glass. Welcome to Wonderland Alice. Toto, we're not in Kansas anymore. Welcome to the land of Oz. It becomes bizarre, it becomes twisted. You not only deal with trying to gain your advancement, against an enemy to structure in a system that has made you its public enemy number one, has made you its nemesis, has made you its arch rival. For whatever reason, it's been on your destruction. It's been on your retardation and your underdevelopment and your miseducation and your economic exploitment. It is bent on destroying you. For whatever reason. Not only do you face that but now you're facing brothers and sisters whom from the inception of America and I being brought up here, or whatever we were when we were displaced from Africa, people don't have a real sense of identity. And they're coming by, are being bombarded by all of this knowledge. And they're coming to these communities. So now we're dealing with this twisted mentality of narcissism, of ego, of know-it-all, of I got this answer, from this land of misogyny, of identity, from being more to, Hebrew, to Muslims, to Christians, to whatever. So now you're dealing with this bitch slosh. So now I got the enemy over here trying to destroy me, trying to destroy an African identity that these nuts over here telling me that I'm not a part of, that I'm something else. All right, what the hell? The revolutionary, so the revolutionary has to wade through this, decipher through these riddles, and find the cause of revolution, the cause that doesn't pull them too far left or too far right, but the cause of change, the cause of empowerment. She must find the course of liberation, that course of salvation that's found through the hard work and the efforts of the black man and the black woman here in America that's not depending on relying on any other people Has said that we can do it. It's from the self-esteem of the black man and the black woman. It's from the black man and the black woman. We know that they did it in the beginning. So shall it was in the beginning, so shall it be in the end. Amen. Point blank. So we know we have it in us. So like Chief War was saying that now, therefore, the revolutionary is not just conscious of an African identity, not just conscious of an African culture, but conscious of the enemy's thoughts and plans to sway you from a natural way of thinking. When we find ourselves thinking about, and I tell you that that age, that moral compass, the black liberation struggle, so, when we find ourselves thinking about things that are contrary to that, things that don't build up the black man or the black woman, if we're thinking hell with that nigga, if we're thinking screw that bitch, if we're thinking, you know, put them kids, whatever is not for the betterment and the edification and the advancement and uplifting of African people is not for my natural way of thinking. The revolutionary, that thought comes in their mind, they say, you know what, shut it down, lockdown, mental lockdown, We're at alert. But counter revolutionary, the reactionary, will sit and feed those thoughts and feed those thoughts and feed those thoughts and will let those thoughts huddle in and bubble in their emotion and their gut so much that they pop. And they're reacting. That's why they call reactionaries. They wound so hard. like the Jack of the don't no. no, 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 no. They pop and explode, and they're reacting to the murder of this brother, the murder of that sister, this thing going in. Wherever the cameras are, they ready to jump in front of the cameras. (laughs) Didn't have healthy outlets and programs to really address the issue, and they exploded. Like the revolutionaries not being reactionary, understanding that anger finds a way to channel that anger and understand that their anger is a micro, macrocosm, uh, is a microcosm of a macrocosm. It is a small example. It is a small anger. It is a little ember. It is a spark that is just a semblance of the raging inferno that's in the masses of people right outside your door. That little spark, you guys, is only a tiny example of the raging inferno, the, 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 the fire of all fights burning inside the hearts and souls of millions of African people right outside your door. So the revolutionary, how does the revolutionary tap into that and mold that into a force that is for the advancement, not the destruction of its people, but the advancement of its people? How do you motivate that? Those are the concepts and the things that us as a people should be contemplating. We're putting our projects and our programs into action because these are the testing uh, things. This is where you get the heart and the vibe of the people, man. You sit down, you have breakfast, I mean, you're rapping to them. It's not this leaders bourgeoisie mentality, this class, this thing where I'm better than you. You, know, you feed me, I feed you. Communalism, we family. So, and this is how you gauge the hearts of the people that you're around, that you're one of. Because you're sharing ideas. You share your ideas, they let you know that sucks or that flies. You know, that sounds good. Peace, that sounds good. Really, oh, bro. Real, real. That's not going to fly that down. And you say, well, yo, that sounds cool, but think about this. And they say the ideas with no people. Not people that are trying to shine you for some Facebook posts you can't even engage in a discussion with them because it turns into a damn debate on Facebook. Not a healthy change of Me and my companions, me and my comrades debate all the time. They be good debates. I always walk away knowing something different. If you debate me, i have you ready to fight. Like my companions, debate them, they have you ready to fight. They be on their stuff like that But one thing you will walk away from Because you understand it's in the spirit of revolutionary love, You will walk away with an understanding Despite whatever side you might damn, that That's a good point Wow, that was even a better point You will walk away with a revolutionary understanding And a whole different view On your position in revolution See, despite you might have When revolutionary debate go before Sitting there looking at them you're like, damn, they're going at it. But one thing you didn't catch, what you walked up is you've been revolutionized. You've been educated. We couldn't get you to sit and listen for 30 minutes any other time. You just got game. Anybody that sits around, any group of people, is gonna, when you sit and question, you're going to get game. You're going to learn. And this is how the revolutionary does. The revolutionary can learn for what? They're you. Sometimes you got to sit and listen. Not Say nothing, yo. Oh what this was that's what's happening. 'Cause we old man, not old, old heads, but we're older. We're predecessors. We should be in the, the frame of mind when we talk about communalism and revolution, looking for those people that are gonna be the next to start to lead the charge. They're gonna be the next ones to lead the charge. Finding our replacement. And it takes work. It's not going to be an overnight process. That's why I say start adopting families. Teach the act of caring. Teach the act of sharing. Teach the act of extending, our, 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 our inviting, opening up your arms, opening your home to a degree. And when that's given to the right people, you'll find it not only reciprocated, not only where you find the law of reciprocity in effect, that give or take type thing. You get what you get. Get what you give type of thing, but you will find that it will start to become contagious. You will find that the that the people themselves in the community. So these are some of the things that you know that we we look to do. starting with the practical steps. That's why I just wanted to have a rap session this Wednesday. I just wanted us to rap and really just discuss one of the basic things. Sometimes we get we get heavy. We get deep into revolutionary politics. We get deep into culture. We get deep. And now we just rap about what community is and what we expect. You know, we have a right if we're fighting for our freedom. If I'm fighting and I'm committing and I'm sacrificing – I know I damn sure want to write in what our community looks like. You know, don't get me wrong, I may have some people that don't want to move in the community. Am I discriminating? I mean, we have to sit down and have this real talk. Because we're talking about unity, we're talking about fighting together, we're talking about this black nation. And when we get this, if they say, okay, okay, you know what, we're just talking, you guys go over there. Man, are we going to be fighting? Everybody going to be trying to run it their way. They got this little piece of land. I'm building my hut out of this tree, my man. For real. Me and my boys are on the fence. Are we just taking spots? I mean, how's it look? Do we cooperate enough? So You know, one of the land might grow rice, the other one potatoes. So, are we going to trade one another? Am I going to be a potato-eating brother? So, I was sure I always had some of them rice. You Don't give me no rice now. Me and my boys are taking your rice. We want rice without potatoes. So how does it look? So, I mean... Realistically, when we say, you know what, like we have to get past the empty rhetoric and start to sit down and think how this looks, how we can develop a, you know, like, and i like to say about my party, I love, they pay their dues. Now we got phone numbers, patches, radio programs. Dudes are being paid, man, and I big up my party for that. But, you know, even the economic sacrifice to our freedom is going to take that until we are able to. Create our own system of exchange and what's valuable and what's not, and to rely on the resources right in our community. But until then, you know, light bills have to be paid, rent has to be paid, bill issues have to be addressed. We need to start, you know, one of the things. arise we get housed or go back to the community with single brothers. You can start holding in with single brothers. Single sisters can live in with single sisters. And families and so on and so forth according according so, with the dudes being paid properly, the right investments, the right business thing, understanding certain laws and doing certain things, yo, you can make things happen when you all work together because everyone has a piece of the power, piece of the puzzle. And when everyone has that piece of the puzzle and they work together, they say, oh, yeah, I got a centerpiece, corner piece right there, then at the end of and that 1,000-piece puzzle was put together, when that 2,500-piece puzzle was put together, it's a beautiful work of art. You're like, wow, that's a beautiful picture. And it's made more beautiful because of the intense labor, the work, collectiveness, everything that went into putting that 2,500-piece puzzle together. That just, that adds to its beauty. That makes it a Rembrandt. That makes it a Michelangelo, one of the rest of them European artists, if that's how you value an art. Whatever it is, it makes it a masterpiece. Whoever that artiste is. So this is how our community life can be. When we start to work on these programs, and we we'll work with different people who have different pieces of these programs, it's a puzzle. When that program is put together, and we see people benefiting, and we see how it has changed and at least really ease some of the social, economic conditions that were holding brother, sister, this family down. That was depressing them. When we see that ease, and we can see them move, and see a change, and some things start to feel good, and you see, you see our program working. Like I said, on a microcosm to a microcosm, on a microcosm to a macrocosm. From a small, that is a small example of how that thing will work. Um, um, Community-wise, locally, state, then nationally, regionally, then nationally, then internationally. But the example is in that one family that's being provided for, not just sustained through food stuff, but being provided for um, psychologically, socially, and mentally. Man, I love my time is running. This opportunity, just feeling like that we could share, we could discuss, and we look for you to listen to it again on Monday. Check us out on Mondays. We'll be on the Mondays and 8. Then we have a very interesting, fascinating conference. Again, man, it's been wonderful coming to my family, my brothers and sisters, my comrades in this struggle. I, you know, I encourage you to keep up the fight, keep up the wonderful work. Keep the faith. Keep your head up. And all of those things and victory is pure to us. I'm your brother, Chairman Yang, the People's Black Panther Party. Once again, as I do every week, I greet you, I leave you, and I greet you with all powers to oppress people, African power to an African people, and black power.